It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Marcus Mosier. He is Landon McCool. We are Locked On Cowboys. Today, we are doing our All-22 review of the Cowboys Week 10 win over the Atlanta Falcons. But first, Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Good. Uh, it was a fun tape to watch, to say the least. Uh, lots of uh, lots of good Cowboys stuff to cover for sure. It was uh, definitely a much better tape to watch than than last week's tape. I was gonna say, yeah, the, the difference between last week's uh, all twenty two and this week is gonna be a little bit more uh, jovial, I think, from us. There you go. Um, yeah. All right, where do you want to start? Because I've, I've got so many notes from this one, but what's what's the biggest thing you noticed on tape from this one? Well, I mean, I, I think maybe we should start on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think that, um, you know, for me, uh, just a much cleaner game from the defense overall. Uh, just, you know, tackling better. Just I think that's really just the big overarching theme from what I saw on both sides of the ball, really, is just uh, just a lot cleaner game. Guys, not you know, not missing tackles, making their reads a lot cleaner. Um, I, I think, you know, again, just kind of speaking broadly about the defense, uh, I think the defensive line played as as good a game as they played in a while. They really showed out, and that was a huge difference, especially we, uh, along. Go ahead. I was say, do we want to just pick a guy and start talking about them on the defensive line? Because I, I I've got notes on just about everybody. I I, I did too. I, I think the, the two guys that I specifically wanted to point out, uh, especially on the defensive end room, are uh, Armstrong. Uh, and Golson, I think that both of those guys played very good football, and, and I think that was a huge portion part of why the Cowboys were able to have the success they were. Um, you know, Armstrong's a little bit more uh, uh, apparent, more obvious. He got the sack, he had the block punt. Uh, he actually had several other plays outside of that where you know he was getting in the backfield and disrupting the, the run. Uh, just you know, really playing at, at a high level and, and kind of in similar vein to that Randy Gregory role where they're moving him all around, yeah. right? They they have him inside rushing as a defensive tackle as well. And then Golson, I thought, you know, didn't have uh, you know, the numbers. Uh, obviously, I'm sure I did have a sack or that you know any of that, but I, I thought that especially compared to where he was playing last week, uh, where where I think he really had one of his more poor games last week. He really played one of his better games this week. You know, just able to get penetration, beat this tackle in both the run and the pass game. Got a pressure. He was involved in that uh, interception that Diggs got. He was p- part of the pressure that was getting to Ryan at the time he was throwing. Uh, so I just wanted to point those guys out and 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 just say that their market improvement uh, and, and their play was instrumental in this defense playing the way they did on Sunday. Yeah, I think that we'll start with Armstrong. I think this was the best game I maybe have ever seen him play. He was yeah. really, really good. Um, I was also doing a little bit of a deep dive on Armstrong and Golston. Um, do you know that Armstrong is only seven months older than Chauncey Golston? Yeah, I, I, I did actually see that because, you know, and it's funny because he got drafted at 
20, 20. right? I think he, yeah. yeah, he was 20 when we drafted him. So, uh, yeah, that's crazy. That's just nuts. <laughs> and, so, and to have all that experience, right? That like to have exactly four, is, right? a four-year NFL vet at 24 is Well, he's going to be crazy. hitting free agency this offseason at the age of 24 after playing probably a thousand snaps already being a rotational yeah. defensive end. It's just, it's just crazy. But um, I thought he was really good last week. We talked about Chauncey Golston and he was awful against Denver, mm-hmm. right? Like he was he especially was. bad against the run, you know, jumping inside sometimes in gaps. And that's what allowed Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon to bounce outside. I thought he was much more disciplined in this game. And that's why Atlanta had basically no success at all running the ball in this one. Yeah, and I think that was the key thing is that it, it wasn't so much that Golson was being, you know, physically bullied last week. It's that it felt like he was just he was jumping out of his assignment. You know, he was yeah. he was he has an assignment. He was supposed to set the edge. He's trying to jump inside and make a play mm-hmm. as opposed to just doing his job. Uh and and that ultimately was the change is that he did his job and the plays came to him. And uh, and you know, being on uh being in your gap on the other side of the line of scrimmage uh, it allowed for a lot of opportunity for him to be the, to play disruptor, and I think he did a really good job there. Uh, let's talk about Tristan Hill, who came back yeah. in this game, first game of the season, uh, played 15 snaps. So we don't have a ton to take away, but it is notable considering we didn't see him at all in preseason. Uh, do you know how many career snaps Tristan Hill has played in the NFL? I don't. Give me the number. 348. That's it. Jeez. Over three years. 348. Um, rookie year was bad. I mean, really bad. Last year started off bad, but actually started to get better as the season was going on. And then I think he had the best game of his career against the Giants, and he got hurt in that game. Uh, he looks noticeably lighter now than he did at training camp when he was still working himself back into shape. I, I, he wasn't fantastic, but he was okay. Uh, what did you have uh, from him? Yeah, he did some stuff. I mean, he 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 showed, you know, he was at least uh made an impact on the game. I think he had a couple pressures from what I saw. Uh you know, I think he's still he's still uh standing up <laughs> too much when he's getting yeah. off, but he's so quick and explosive that it doesn't he still gets around those interior players. So, yeah. uh, I think there was a couple different times where it seemed like maybe uh, he, he was getting out of his lane, his pass rush lane, and, and that kind of caused some issues and muddied things up a little bit inside. Uh, but I think you see, you know, kind of the the uh, the talent there, the the physical talent, the skill set there, and I, and that he is, you know, he's very much a guy that you can throw out a blocking scheme to try just to disrupt. He's a disruptor, you yep. know, and uh, I think he's going to have some, uh, some, some, you know, some. He's going to definitely be a guy that's going to be useful in that sense. Is just put him in the middle. Let's get him on a stunt or something, and just try to see if what he can disrupt in, in the backfield. So uh, I don't know if he's going to be kind of uh, a, a, you know, your your run stuffer, you know, two ga- uh, two gap type player, but I do think that um, you know he is he is good at at trying to penetrate, trying to get around defensive linemen, mm-hmm. get into the. Uh, uh, the backfield there. Uh, I agree. It's going to be interesting to see how all those snaps play out when Brett Urban eventually comes back. Uh, Carlos Watkins played a bunch of snaps in this game as he normally yep. does. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they you know, decide to use those guys. But I want to keep talking about the defense, Landon. But before we do that, we should tell you about Beachbound. With Beachbound Vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, or bound for discovery or you may be bound for the uh, encountering the unexpected. 
when I am at a beach resort, I am bound to wind up at the poolside bar, just kind of hanging out, relaxing. I like to bring some football magazines and, you know, the old Sports Illustrated or draft guides and kind of flip through those. Uh, as long as I have a drink in my hand and I'm relaxing by the pool, I am okay. So uh, with beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you. No matter what you are looking for, what are you bound for? Visit beachbound.com today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, uh, let's talk about the linebackers. Uh, we'll get to Micah Parsons in a second. My hot take from this game is the Cowboys are going to be searching for linebackers again next year because I did not think Micah Parsons, or excuse me, I did not think Keanu Neal and uh, Leighton Van Rush played very well at all. Van Rush is obviously on a one-year deal, so is Keanu Neal. If there's going to be an Achilles heel for this team, it's probably going to be their linebackers. Yeah, I don't think Van Der Esch played terribly, but he no, he didn't play you know, terribly. It's just he's not, but, he's not, he didn't play good though either. You know, no. And Keanu Neal, Keanu Neal definitely did not play well. I mean, uh, and and in fact, it was to the point where when I was watching the end of the game tape, uh, you saw Bernard in there, you saw Luke Gifford in there. Maybe it's time to start getting those guys some snaps. Like, in, I in mean, the, they're not the good rotation. either, but it's not really. You don't really notice a difference right now. Well, and they also could potentially have some upside there, whereas I feel like you know what you've got with with Neil and, and Leighton Vanderish to a large degree. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, it's it's still – there's a reason that they still want to continue to play Micah Parsons at linebacker, you know, uh, for all those snaps, and I think it's because he's clearly head and shoulders above everybody else at that spot. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think you know, the linebacker play was not – fantastic by any stretch of the imagination but it, it 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 certainly didn't get them killed this game but i do think that they need to find out something to kind of re- even further reduce keanu neal snaps because just in the run game especially he's just he you know he's he's neither here nor there it, 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 either he either he to one right yeah it's either he needs either he's blocked being blocked or you know if he's if he's unblocked and he and he can flow to the football he's great but that's you know that's a pretty big if and yeah. so I I think it's it's been problematic for him to try to engage in blocks and he gets pushed off the ball and he makes tackles but it's usually you know his depth of tackle has got to be seven plus yards it seems yeah, like it's so great. it's not it just doesn't seem like he's as quick to process uh, and come downhill as as we all expected. I can't believe we're going to be drafting another linebacker next year. This is going to be insane, man. Probably one high too. Or maybe they just, or maybe they, they, you know, they sign somebody off the streets. Who knows? I mean, but I, I think, or, or maybe they re-sign Leighton Vander Esch for nothing. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that ends up happening. But uh, yeah, I mean, I do think that you know they they kind of need to find a way to uh, get get. Uh, they gotta get him better off play there. They, they yeah, they gotta get better play. And and, and uh, you know, this kind of leads me to another thing I wanted to mention is that I thought J. Ron Kirsch played fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I agree so with maybe you. you just find a way to get more Kirsch on the field and and less linebackers. And 
I don't know. Maybe you can figure yeah. more three safety looks or something like that. I mean, I, I think some, anything that can kind of help, you know, get some of these linebackers who are not performing as well off yeah. the field. Can, can we go back to the defensive line really quickly? Are you worried yep. about Osa Odigizua? It seems like the last month or so he hasn't played quite as well as he That's did funny. early in the season. You mentioned that. I, one of my notes here right here is uh, area of improvement for 97 missed tackles. Because that's where I think that's where I think the difference has been for him. I think he's actually made the same amount of plays, but he's missed te- like at least two or three tackles the last two games in the hole while making the play. And then I haven't seen those- as much as a pass rusher though. Well, I think yeah. I mean, I think that they they've been using him more as like a, a disruptor, you know, more as a, as a spike to, on loops and stuff like that. Uh, you know, he, yeah, you're right. He hasn't gotten a sack uh, as often lately, but I don't know that it also feels like they're not, you know, they're deploying him in interesting ways on third downs. They're, they're kind of using him in that sort of defensive end role, you know, where they kind of loop him back around and they've got like, uh, you know, interesting guys lined up, uh, in interesting spots to kind of just create mismatches. So I don't know that he's getting the same kind of uh, pure pass rush opportunities as a defensive tackle as he has in the past, because they're kind of, like I said, lining him up in, in different spots. Um, I don't know that he's like hit a rookie wall as much as it just, it just hasn't been as successful for him lately. He's still, he's still, you know, physically doing it. He's, I, you know, you see plays where he's penetrating, he's getting through the line, uh, but he's not making the play. And, and some of the times is that because the, you know, the plays, gone another way or and sometimes you know like i've mentioned there are two or three times in the last two or three games well yep. mostly the last two games where he's made the play he he penetrated he got behind the line of scrimmage he got his hands on the ball carrier and then he didn't bring him down and the guy bounced off of him for a, what should have been a one yard loss it turns into like a five or six yard game yeah uh just a little nervous we'll see how he plays over the next couple of weeks he's got a big challenge this week because the kansas city offensive line and the inside is really good with creed humphrey and Joe Thune, and Trey Smith, who was a rookie this year. So we'll see how he performs in that one. I just got a couple more quick things about the secondary lane, and before we move yeah, on to the offense, to. Um, yeah. and please feel free to interrupt me whenever. But according to my notes, the Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown were targeted nine times combined. Uh, they gave up one catch for 14 yards, had five pass deflections, and two interceptions. It's not bad. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think obviously they're playing at a level that is, uh, uh, you know, is, is very high and for, especially for what, what, what we expected, the coverage overall was just very sticky. I mean, yeah. just you go back and watch the tape. There just wasn't a lot of a place for, for Matt Ryan to go with the football. Um, and so I, I, yeah, kudos to the entire secondary, frankly, because it just felt like you, when you're watching the, the, the specifically the all 22 it's just you see them out and route you just don't see a ton of separation yeah. and so uh you know, good job by the by the cowboys just staying with it and then on top of that getting their hands on footballs and then converting that uh you know in, into into turnovers you know obviously each one of them got a turnover and and, and mm-hmm. a lot all of them i think were on tipped passes or no actually i guess Diggs technically wasn't but the other two were based on them just getting the hands of the football and then concentrating enough to continue to come down with it. So excellent job by the secondary all game, maybe their best game this year. And then I would just mention Kelvin Joseph played uh, 11 snaps in this game. Yep. A few of them actually came early on in the first half. Uh, they were yep. all just in the end of the game. He had, I mean, he didn't get targeted in the first half, so there's not too much to take away, but he didn't give up anything either. So it seems like the Cowboys are trying to work him in a little bit. They're not trying to get him, 
uh, starter level snaps or anything, but we've seen at least over the last two weeks him play a little bit on defense. Yeah. And, and the offense tested him a little bit and, and, you know, he came up just fine. He had a pass deflection. He was in coverage, been coverage well, the, uh, another time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think he, he, you know, showed he had very few snaps. There was just a couple of snaps. Yep. He had some special team snaps, but on defense, he didn't have very few snaps, less than a dozen. And, uh, and, and, you know, I think he showed out well in those snaps. Uh, all right, let's talk about the offense, Lana. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every single gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. You can cash out anytime using a PayPal or e-gift card. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents uh, per gallon cash back on your first tank. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let, later, let's talk about the Cowboys offense. And I want to start with the offensive line because you and I love to talk about the offensive line. Um, I thought Lyle Collins was really good in this game. Like he's always been. It's... There's a noticeable difference between Terrence Steele and Lyle Collins. That's not a slight at Terrence Steele at all, because I think Terrence Steele has been really good at right tackle this year. What Collins can do as a run blocker is unbelievable. I thought he was fantastic on Sunday. Yeah, and he was great as a run, as a pass blocker as well. I mean, we know that he's maybe one of the best run blocking right tackles in football. Uh, pass blocking has has been you know not lately, but before was kind of where he was. It's not a strong suit, but it's not a weakness either, right? Oh, it certainly isn't now. Yeah, I would say the last two years that he's been playing, he's he's been very good in pass protection, especially in 2019. Really... He was phenomenal yeah. that year, absolutely. And I think you know that that he's let that linger over now. I mean, he's played very well. Uh, I think that. Uh, they did a much better job of understanding the uh, their their protections this week, you know, and and I think as good as uh, the results were, uh, as far as you know, not a ton of sacks, not a ton of pressure. Uh, after going back and watching the game a little bit, you know, Steele had a good game, but he was still getting walked back at times. He still needs to sit down more when he's engaged. I, I noticed I think- more Steele struggling as a run blocker than a pass blocker in this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was that for sure. I still think my the larger point I'm trying to get at though is that I think that the pass protection situation was made better, not just by an improvement by Steele, because he did get better. Uh, but I don't know that it was like you know suddenly perfect better. I think it was a combination of him getting you know a little bit better on that side, and then Dak, you know, being better with his uh, understanding of of the protections, understanding that when they're in five man protection. You know, maybe having that clock go off a little bit quicker. Dak was getting the ball out a yep. little bit quicker. Uh, I think that really helps there, and 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 I think that's kind of what helped mitigate some of the uh, you know struggles that Steele had this last week. I mean, he he wasn't, you know, he wasn't getting just destroyed like he had at certain points the previous week. Yep. But I think that you know it, they did a good job of 
Steel meeting you me halfway and Dak meeting him the other half, you know, to kind of make that a better situation than pass protection. Uh, and, and to your point, he gave up one pressure, but the Cowboys scheme and Dak really made it. So he didn't give up more, right? He had nine last yeah. week. They tried to minimize how many true pass sets he had. Uh, and I thought he was he was as good as you can hope for for a swing tackle, right? You're not yeah. going to be talking about, hey, let's give him a bunch of money to be our starting left tackle. That's not the case at all. He was – you. You scored forty three points with him at your yeah. left tackle. You're fine. Right? You don't have a you don't have a ton of situations where you have your backup tackle and and you're running a bunch of five man protections. I mean, no. usually you would like to have you know a slide going with 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 the some running back help with a chip, a tight end or something. You know, Steele didn't get a ton of that. I mean, there's certainly they certainly had tight ends out on the field and they threw out of those formations a ton, but they also you know weren't afraid. Of, of putting him in five-man protections when they needed to in order to throw the football. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, there was some – I've heard some commentary saying that they gave Steele a lot of help. I, I think that they ran 12 and 13 personnel at a regular rate, you know, for what they normally yeah. run. So uh, I don't know that it was necessarily trying to give Steele a, a, a lot of extra help this week. Uh, just – I do want to talk about Sean McEwen in a serious way. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of rookie – Dalton Schultz. So he needs yeah. to get a lot stronger. Yeah. Um, the, he I looks think, like Dalton Schultz. I he mean, does he look looks like Dalton Schultz, right? Physically, right? It's he, he needs to get stronger. I think the technique is okay when it comes to blocking. Yep. That's really my biggest complaint about him. He needs to become a better blocker. Like yeah. he can get to the spots to go block linebackers. He just needs to be, he just needs to get stronger. He's not as developed as Schultz was. I mean, I think no. maybe as far as uh, uh, technique wise, Schultz came out as an undersized, but over techniqued blocking. You just need to add strength. Yep. Yeah. And then once he added strength, he became a very good two way tight end. And, and, you know, he had the receiving element mostly down. McEwen has the receiving element seemingly down. He understands, he understands the assignment. I, I think that the, the, the issue is, yeah, he's, he's still undersized. He needs another year in the weight room likely. Uh, but I think, you know, next year he is going to be uh, in the mix for uh, tight end two or whatever, whoever's in that tight end room, you know. 36 snaps for him in this game. I think this is a good thing, actually. Having Jarwin out gives him some time to get in there, get some reps. Uh, this is good. Uh, just I want to touch on the receivers really quickly. So yeah, Amari I thought was really good in this game. If you look at the stats, you would not think, you know, he had a big day, but I think he had four targets. He caught them all. They were all incredible plays and catches. So I thought he was really good despite not a big statistical day. I mentioned this to you, I think, yesterday in the chat, in a DM chat, but when the Cowboys have Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper on the outside, it gives them a cheat code in the slot with CeeDee Lamb. I don't know how teams are supposed to defend CeeDee when he's playing in the slot. His first touchdown came from a bunch set when he was in the slot, got a free release against the safety, and the Falcons couldn't do anything about it. He just boxed the guy out for the touchdown. Yeah. Um, I think it's something to keep in mind going forward into the next offseason. If the Cowboys do lose Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson, they really need to look for another viable outside receiver because when you have Amari on the outside and CD in the slot, I, I, I don't know how you defend that consistently. Yeah. And, you know, well, one thing that we haven't really seen yet is, uh, and we, we, I saw it in training camp, but I know they talked about it before the season is, is some more Gallup in the slot. Uh, just to kind of see see how that operates. It as doesn't well. make but quite I, as much sense to me, to be honest. Well, except that when you can attack the seam with it, 
or when you can when you can run an out route out and up route like from it i think there are ways to get down the field from the slot that are i just think cd's game matches up better with the slot than gallops but i, I oh, understand yeah. no 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 I'm, yeah, I'm not suggesting he should be you know playing more slot but uh, but i think that, that it's uh, uh it's something that we will see and that that will we'll be mixed in there i do think that your your overall point of CD CD Lamb should be playing in the slot more because he is a mismatch player there with almost anybody in the league is is a solid point. I just think that it's also going to be interesting to see how they mix in the rest of these guys there too. But I do think that now that you've got your full complement of receivers back, uh, that yeah, we should continue to see more of CD in the slot because I do think that uh, that is an opportunity to kind of get him open in a way that it's it's hard to get him open on the outside. Okay. Another thing that they've been doing too that I, I think is interesting is, um, you know, the the, the Hulk package. I, I think that you know they you know, obviously ran it a lot for, for running. I mean, obviously that's why they have all those bodies out there. But the, one of the things that it really does is that it creates so much space for wide receivers because yeah. you know for a guy like Cooper who can. Yeah, I mean, he can beat any cornerback on a yeah, slam. Yeah, he's going to win every one-on-one match. He's going to yeah. win every one. If he can get inside, which he can, like I mentioned, there's so much more room in front of him and, and you know, on that second level because of all the it, all of that attention that's being created by the Hulk package. Linebackers are already naturally coming down. You, you obviously assume it's a run game. Play action works like crazy because, I mean, they're thinking, wow, there's only two guys that could possibly be out and route, so there's you know they're not going to do this. And then when they pull it back and Cooper's got a step on the corner and there's no one in the middle of the field and the linebackers are all the way up in the line of scrimmage, you know, waiting for run. It's such an easy throw. You just created yeah. all this space that was almost unnecessary because Cooper's such a good route runner. So uh, mm -hmm. I really like the way that Kellen was, you know, kind of designing, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the play so that you were creating space by formation creating space by you know the way that they call it I mean, another one was the that uh the 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 double the double screen that they ran they, you know everyone was putting it out but they have run that play like two or three times already this season i think earlier in the year and and, and it's really it's really really effective and what they do is they run a screen to a wider or they fake a screen to a wide receiver on the field side where there's all this space where that's where the tendency would tell you hey yeah this is where you want to run it and then they run a boundary side screen which is you know, with the running back, which is just killer because you assume, oh, flood the space. They're, they're, they're trying to take advantage of all that space. And then once all the players are on the other side of the field, you dump it off to, Ze to Zeke with some with some blockers. Uh, and it's 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 a really just a deadly play. And so I just think you know, some of this stuff you know, is a lot of really great play and execution by the wide receivers and, 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 and getting open. But a lot of it, too, is just Kellen understanding how to yep. get guys wide open uh, just by doing simple things. I mean, it seems like trickery, but it really doesn't take much to do the I kind agree. of things that we just discussed. Uh, we should talk about Dak before we head out. I, I thought he was really good Oof. in this game. I, yeah. Damn. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got to the 25-minute mark, and we haven't even talked about him yet. Footwork much better. Uh, handling the blitz much better. The only real complaint that I have about Dak in this oh, game is he had Connor McGovern open to the uh, flag. Uh, it's just a shame because, my goodness, he was open. Mm. Uh, but other than that, really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, just to, I mean a couple of notes. I mean, I figured we would get to the, the a certain point, then then just gush over Dak for the last ten minutes of the show or whatever. Uh, he was absolutely masterful. I, I mean, not only in command, uh, but in in some of his throws. I mean, even the ones that he that didn't get completed. There was one where he 
absolutely ripped a dime up the seam to to Lamb. I don't know if you saw that that he, that Lamb, Lamb actually dropped. dropped. Right? Yep. Oh my God, it was so beautiful yep. that it just right in the money, right in the basket. And you know, I, I think the other thing too about Dak versus this week versus other weeks is, uh, you know, and not to kind of take Kellen Moore's line, but he was aggressively taking what the defense was giving. Yeah, and 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 I, in the in the sense that. You know, there were times when he had levels concepts or he was rolling out and he had, you know, wide open dump off pass that he could have you know, dumped off and got three or four yards. But instead, he opted for the more difficult, tighter window, window throw 10 or 15 yards down the field. And he was making them, you know, and he was taking those and making those shots. The one to Amari just, is a good example of that. It's a deep slant yeah. to Amari that he bounced off a guy and ended up getting probably like a 25 yard game. It's a good example. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just felt like, uh, you know, the Cowboys in general were just more aggressive and that, that emanates from Dak, you know, that, that he's taking the more yeah. uh, aggressive shot down the field. He's not just dumping it down every time. I mean, there, it's not that like he didn't check down. I'm just saying like there were times when he was given the option and it felt like, okay, you could take this very easy dump off pass or this little bit more difficult, bigger chunk play down the field. And he was taking the chunk play and not, not afraid to, to get it down the field to his right receivers. So, uh, I, I thought that that was uh, really, really, uh, really, really impressive. And then again, the other thing that I thought was really big was just his internal clock seemed a lot yeah. more yeah. Uh, time to what the offensive line was doing. He, he was a lot more aware of how quickly he needed to get the ball out if he didn't where his help was and how to get escape out. So uh, just, yeah, Dak playing at an MVP level right now. Obviously, I felt like that's this is kind of the pace that he was playing at before the the, the injury uh, I expect him to kind of pick up from here and then just continue on for the rest of the year. MVP deck. I think we could start the conversation, right? Who else has been better this year? There's been a lot of conversation about it. Obviously, after the game, a lot of it has been due to the fact that uh, it was, I guess, everybody else's week uh, in the barrel this week for for the good teams to lose. Uh, you know, including the Rams last night, and um, you know, so I think that it, when it when it kind of sorts out and everybody has had their stinker, all the MVP race uh, leaders have had their stinker. Uh, Dak kind of floats back up to the top because it, it, you know you just look at the 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 resume from the entire season, uh, and Dak has just been you know masterful. Short of that one game, I think that you know he has been as good as anybody in this league, and and I think that's impressive considering all the other people that are in you know the, the kind of Kyler Murray's the the Matt Stafford's the Tom Brady's all that have also had very impressive uh, years so far Dak's right there with them if he, and maybe better than almost all of them wouldn't that be quite the story from you know at this year at this time we were there was people out there not we but there was people out there saying Cowboys shouldn't pay Dak 30 million he's not worth it or they'll win just as many games with Danny Dalton it's fine just let him hit free agency to he might be the MVP of the league now. Just yeah, that'd be quite a quite a little ending there. Um, all right, that they'll, is it for they'll, be serving, they'll be serving they'll be serving crow widespread across Cowboys Nation if uh, or yes. probably not Cowboys Nation, but everywhere else if that's the case. Yes. Um, all right, so we'll be back tomorrow to do some Twitter questions. Uh, we'll have a crossover show Thursday preview on Friday. Uh, busy, busy time here in the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.